Welcome, welcome to the iPro Morning Show. I'm your host, Nick Inglis. Today, we've got a live show for you, and it's live always here on the iPro Morning Show, so no holds barred, no second takes, just open, honest conversation. And today's show is a special edition of the iPro Morning Show that we're doing in conjunction with ACIDS, the Association of Certified E-Discovery Specialists. This is an iPro Morning Show takeover, and I'm honored to pass the hosting duties baton over to my friend and the president of ACIDS, Mike Quattararo. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Nick. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Fantastic day in the Northeast. Uh, raining and cold. Yeah. So, a little bit of <laughs> Overcast sarcasm. and gray, a typical yeah. New England or Northeast day. <laughs> totally totally acceptable it's supposed to go up into the 80s um this weekend so um when i cut the grass uh it, it should be an interesting day look at you al roker over here giving us the weather report to kick things off that's a fun way to start a morning show you gotta stay relevant nick you gotta stay relevant <laughs> um how's things you're you're also in the northeast a little north and a little more east than me I am. If you just continue off until you hit the ocean, I'm here in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, easy to miss and drive through on your way between New York and Boston, but it's a beautiful place. Um, most days. Today, it's overcast and gross. So Awesome. Uh, we'll, wow. we'll say, come visit us tomorrow or some other day. There you go. Um, thanks, thanks for letting me do this. Thanks for inviting me to... I don't know. I don't want to say take over. I want to have a conversation. I don't want to take over anything. Um, I like that. You're taking over the hosting duties, though. So I didn't have to write questions this time, which was a fair. nice reprieve. I've got a couple of questions for <laughs> you, because for those who don't know, Nick has a book out. It's called uh, Advancing from E-Discovery to Pre-Discovery. I, I wonder if it shows backwards to everyone who's looking. Oh, I'm not sure. We'll have to see that. <laughs> oh, no, uh, that looks fine. That looks it fine. It looks good to you. It looks backwards to me because it's a mirror of, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, we'll see and, what it looks like to everybody else out there. And any, anyone who doesn't know is, I, I've got a little book that's been out for a couple of years, Project Management, Electronic Discovery. It's above uh, his head, and it's a great read. It is. Second edition is out now. You can find it wherever you buy books. Um, I don't suggest the uh, airport bookstore, though. It's probably not there. No, probably. Probably the the niche market is not showing up to the airport bookstore. <laughs> That's exactly Mine right. Mine won't be there either, Mike. Um, I wanted to start, Nick, with um, a little, a really quick conference roundup. So we, yeah, you and I were both recently in uh, Indianapolis, my first time in a plane in about 28 months. Um, and I, I have to tell you, there was five people on the plane. It was interesting. Yeah, you um, you had a completely different experience on the plane than I did. You had like lounge space where you could put your feet out, and I was yeah. I was cattle class. Our, our every single seat in our plane was full. Yeah, I got to no, fly so from. I got to fly where you're flying. Hmm. Oh, it was just LaGuardia in Indianapolis nonstop. It was a quick flight. Um, I have to tell you though, just. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed at American Airlines. They stripped me of all my status because I haven't flown in so long. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so you're starting over? Welcome yeah. to cattle class, Mike. I know. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, anyway. No leg room. 
it was get, fine. You get some water on an occasional flight. It was flight. fine. It's a, it's a short <laughs> flight. It was actually about yeah. an hour and a half in the air. It wasn't too bad. And then we got to I, – I, I got to see you there in Indianapolis for yes. the MER, the Managing Electronic Records, the MER conference. The MER conference, ACEDS is a proud uh, sponsor and partner of MER. So we did a couple of sessions there. We did a session – you and I did a session yeah. along with Jason Stearns and Kenya Parrish-Dixon on the value of IG. Great session. Yeah. Great attendance. Great questions, engagements. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and then Thursday, my colleague, Maribel uh, Rivera, who's our VP of strategy and client engagement, um, she did the certification panel, which was just a bunch of different associations who got together and talked about the value of certification. So, yeah. And Maribel um, was flying in because she was also same week at clock where yes. a bunch of other IPRO people were the, the chief legal officer consortium. Council? What's what's the um, last uh, C? Uh, uh, consortium Chief. Legal Operations something. Man, <laughs> I had the acronym completely wrong. Uh, apologies know, to I'm, my friends I'm at Claw. Brain, I'm having a brain fart right now, but um, <laughs> Consortium of Clocks. Oh, geez. Legal Operations. I'm just losing it. Anyway, Clock well, is big now. It's um, great and back. Heavy focused again, also in person, um, focused on legal operations. So a great, uh, a great conference. And Maribel was there. Um, we we were not presenting or or, or exhibiting, but um, important to have a presence and stay relevant at various conferences. So there was Clock, there was MER, and yeah. the week before I think was Women in E Discovery in San Diego, um, and we were there. Um, so I, I think in person conferences are back. I think they are. I had I got to do the AIM conference in Denver, Arma Houston, and then I think both of our first real trip, although it's not really a trip for you, Mike, was Legal Week back in in March. Yeah. You forgot about that one because you didn't have to get I on a plane. Legal Week, but I didn't stay. See, I, I live outside New York City, so yeah. it's just a train ride for me, and I just went back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's you, you had the nicer commute. I I, uh, I took the train in from Providence for Legal Week. And again, uh, all of these events, it feels like, you know, they're a bit smaller than they were pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. But I think they're all back and strong and the conversations are great. Uh, I, I feel like people have had those burning questions sitting in their minds for a couple of years um, and they're looking for solutions to the problems yeah. that they've now created during the pandemic. So I'm really glad to be back on the, the conference circuit and talking with, with companies again. It's great. Yeah, I haven't seen a time in just, I'll just say legal technologies, because that's yeah. the broader market where yeah. where there's been more excitement about what's happening and who's doing what. And the M&A space has been Whew. very active. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a it's been a fascinating time to be part yeah. of the industry. The M and A space um, has been red hot, and IPRO has been in the heat of it too with the acquisitions of NetGovern, which was awesome. And I saw that and said, I want to be a part of that. I joined right after that acquisition, and then more recently, Zilab. Yes, and I bringing over. Yeah, brilliant data science team and AI and machine learning and. You know, bringing in that team with their brilliant legal hold work. I mean, yeah, the M&A space is hot and IPRO is right in the action, which is, yeah. uh, it's it's great to watch and see and uh, good solutions coming out to market. And, I and think, I'm a huge fan. 
I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, certainly, the acquisitions make it bigger and better. Oh um, yeah. But even I mean, if you go back, I, I don't know if everybody knows, iPro's been around forever. Oh yeah, for thirty something years. Yeah. And I'm a fan. I was a customer, um, and just love the whole team over there. So kudos to you all for getting that going. Um, yeah. I want it's a to great dive team in to be part of. I feel like our time is limited, and we're yeah. going to chew it up if we just talk, right? So <laughs> we can talk, talk a little bit about this. Let's talk a little bit. I want to start with something that I think everybody in our industry, and I know you're sort of more left side, yeah, IG focused. I'm much more e-discovery focused. Although anybody who hears me ever talk about it knows. I believe IG is the foundation of e-discovery. Without it, there is no e-discovery. Man, I don't want to ask you saying, a... I'll keep quoting you on that because that is such an important thing for the e-discovery community it's, to hear, to, to move us essential. all forward. Yeah, it's absolutely essential. And, and if you look at industry trends today, th there's really a movement to the left, right? People yeah. are trying to get that data piece under control, the data governance piece, because everything that happens downstream from there is based on what you do in information governance. And that's exactly. really just the core. It's why we like each other. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it really is the point of the book, too. So that it's a beautiful segue that you've given us, Mike. Right. But I want to start where I think most people wouldn't start. Yes. So in, <laughs> in sort of the dedication in the book, on page seven, you dedicate the book to your son and your wife, which is very sweet. I do. Um, but I want to focus on... The years of conversations where I attempted to succinctly <laughs> explain what I do for a living. Yes. I have struggled with this. You have struggled with this. I'm going <laughs> to give you my 10-word explanation. People ask me all the time, what do you yeah. actually do for a living? I want to hear I, yours. And I simply say, I help lawyers practice law using technology. I like that a lot. It's I like that a broad, lot. Though. I think it's too broad. See, I, then I, it prompts five more questions. Oh, yeah, for sure. It definitely begs begs additional questions. But if I'm in the elevator with you and I've got to hop off on that floor, yeah. it gives me an idea of what you're doing. Yeah, it tells yeah. you I'm in legal. It tells you I use technology. It probably has something to do with information or data or, um, you know, yeah. some, some legal, you know. My, mine has changed over the years a lot because of my career sort of changed over the years. I mean, I started in document imaging, so that was a very different elevator pitch than where I am today. Uh, you know, I did document imaging, moved into uh, 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 asset management, uh, doing digital asset management with like video and image files on the Mac server platform back when mm. that was a thing. Um, when I was a developer, and then SharePoint and ECM with AIM, the enterprise content management space. So uh, and then information governance and records management, and now information governance and how it ties in with e-discovery. My career sort of just continued evolving. So people ask me what I do for a living. I don't know. I, I fix people's information, and I, I figure out strategies on how to make information less less painful um, and I'm still doing that here at iPro, which is awesome. And it's a perfect place to do it. So what's your what's your elevator 10-word description? Oh, at this point it 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 varies, but I think I think it really comes down to help companies and law firms have a strategy around how they manage and protect and govern and utilize effectively their information. 
Because that's essentially what we're doing. Mind you, that is way bigger picture than how I'm spending my days on most days when it's, you know, we're dealing with a PII project or there's a rot reduction task that's happening at a client. And, you know, they want to make sure they've thought through all of the the points before diving in on the project. So I, I go and help on that or. You, you used an acronym. Yeah. And I, love I did. Because they oh, make it and easy. I, but I usually go back. Tell That's, everybody what ROT is. Just oh, you ROT. caught me on it. I know. I, ROT, I the redundant, outdated, and trivial. So, you know, I, I, I like to say to people, imagine the, the file shares that you have and imagine that they're filled with uh, re- records of transactions that have happened in your organization because inevitably your file shares do have those records of transactions. And how do you clean that up? I mean, our software definitely does that as one of its its core functions. I like to think of us as sort of like a, on the IG side, a Swiss army knife for whatever projects you've got going on. But I see a lot of those PII projects, rot reduction projects, mm-hmm. um, and everything in between, trying to help people figure out their information. And it's and nothing is That more was more than 10 words. No, I know, but, you know, <laughs> I just... When, when someone uses an acronym, I just assume, because it happens to me all the time, yeah. I'll be listening to somebody and using an acronym, I'm like, what, what is that? And I'm like privately texting somebody, what's yeah. ROT, right? What, what is and, that? And our space is so big and yeah. is converging. Like we, we were talking about that in Indianapolis at the Merck conference. All of our disciplines are coming together in, in unique ways. And we're sort of all learning each other's acronyms that come out of those sub-disciplines so I'm glad you called me out on that because ROT is something that we talked about a lot during my work at Arma and leading into my work here at iPro, but certainly it's not a common term for everybody out there. So thanks for that, Mike. And Good and host. Nothing, and nothing is more appropriate than um, discussing ROT with um, a legal audience. I hope our audience is legal. I imagine there's some who are not, but oh, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, lawyers are these really smart, <laughs> risk-averse people who like to save everything. And create a ton of risk, right? which and has always been like the ultimate irony for me is we, you know, we see these companies going to law firms to reduce risk and the law firms are absorbing some of that risk in the process if they're not doing things right. One of, one of, one of the staff just reminded me, the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium, CLOCK. Ah, uh, thank so, you to our friends over at CLOCK. To my friends Deep at CLOCK. apologies. <laughs> We should have known it's look, it's a morning show. We're not well caffeinated. Apologies. Exactly. Guys. I had to make an extra pot while we we're in the green room. I was waiting. I made an extra pot of coffee because I woke up late today. I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's get going here. We got to actually take over a show. All right. I want to pivot because um, while we're talking about definitions, I, it's not clear to me that everybody, I mean, people who work in sort of, um, you know, data governance, data management, records management, I, I think they understand what, what information governance is. And you spent a good deal of time in the book talking about it. There's various definitions from across the board. I want to hear your definition of information governance so that it's clear for everybody who's listening. I mean, let's, let's cut it down to its most simple form. Information governance is your organization or company or firm's approach and strategy across all information assets and all repositories uh, and the like. So it's really strategy. Um, 
I, I think I said it. Uh, I was I was speaking to the Arma Atlanta chapter uh, on Tuesday this week, and um, one of the things that we said with them was the, um, the because of the convergence that we're seeing in the space, all of our terms are a little more loose because we all seem to have our own definitions that we're bringing in. So really, let's just focus on the highest level definitions and understanding that we can give people. And that is the strategy that you have around information. And don't let people say, you know, we don't have information governance. Every single company, organization, law firm out there, you have information governance. If you have ever made a decision about your information, like we're going to use say SharePoint, because that's popping into my head right now because I was just talking to Microsoft people. We are gonna use SharePoint in our company. Well, you just made a decision. That is your strategy towards information and every other decision you make around information, whether you're documenting them and you're, you're deliberate about it or not, is information governance. So I like yeah. to say to people, you have information governance, yours just might still kind of suck. Um, I, I like to say, even if you're doing it poorly, you're still doing it. Yeah. And and I have the same philosophy for anybody who knows me knows that I'm a a, a project management fan. Yes, um, you are. And you know, look, anyone who's accomplishing anything, you're technically using project management. You may yeah. not be doing it in the most efficient way, but you're doing it. And so yeah. if you have information, you're doing something. Whether yeah. you're just creating, deleting, uh Moving a file around, that's information governance on some level. Yeah, I assure you when, when some judge asks you for your policies and practices around information, you're going to have to answer those questions. Right. So guess what? You have information governance. <laughs> yeah. You may not have a formal process, but yeah. um, and the point I think really, uh, and you could speak to this better than I could, is that organizations really, we, this is part of what we did on the panel at MER, um, it's really about creating those policies, being proactive, right? What the value of IG, and, and that's where I wanna turn next. Why is this yeah. important? And then Nick, my other question is, um, again, from the book, and anybody, who, you, can, you can get the book. Um, yeah. the, you can actually get the book for free right now at ipro.com. There you so go. So you can get a PDF copy of it right now, and it's you know on Amazon and all the other places if you want to if somebody could put copy. the link put the link in the in the uh, for the audience is that possible I, I think so i think if if not i'll throw the link there where people are going on linkedin after the fact so that, awesome. that people can find Perfect. it but yeah get get a copy we're we're making it free for folks cuz we just want people to read it and That's get awesome. it, absorb these concepts not much is free in the world today so everybody no knows. And it, it certainly wasn't free to write or put the time and effort into. So I'm, I'm really thankful for iPro for just making this freely available to everybody. I mean, I work for them, which is wonderful. And I love working for them, but also uh, the dedication they have to the profession and doing things like this. Just here, have the book. That's yeah. uh, pretty awesome. All right. So talk about, yeah. let's talk, let's, let's sort of, um, uh, do a synopsis of the panel because our panel at MER was yeah. about the value of IG. Why is this important? Why do you have to be proactive about information governance? And then if you could speak to it, and I'll, I'll remind you if we skip over it, I wanna talk a little bit, you write in the book about the future state yeah. of IG. And so why? what's the value and where is it going? 
Well, I mean, right now the the value is getting your stuff under control. I mean, as I'm talking with companies, law firms, nonprofits, government entities, I mean, we're working with everybody out there in all those sectors. Um, everybody is dealing with the new challenges that they've created for themselves during the pandemic. Um, and that isn't to say that we aren't still dealing with a lot of the challenges that existed in our information before the pandemic. But it seems like we've gone from, you know, this lingering, smoldering problem that executives could just sort of ignore. You know, you'd see the smoke rise from time to time from the heaping pile that was burning there. Um, but since the pandemic hit, since the rise of collaboration platforms and all of these other tools that we found ourselves using during the pandemic to to really fill the gaps that we had. And mind you, there were some of us that were waving our hands out there saying, hey, we should really be prepared for these types of situations. Um, the late Ginny Thomas comes, Ginny uh, uh, Jones comes to mind. Sorry, wrong Ginny. Um, she wrote a beautiful book about uh, business continuity, which I think everybody, if they had read it in advance of the pandemic, we would have been in a much better place today. Um, but because of all of those challenges, information governance, I think, has risen from, you know, a, a thing that records and information and technology people would talk about pretty regularly because we cared. Or, you know, you find the coalition of people that care in your organization to something that the C-suite is paying attention to. Now we've got cyber insurers, as we were talking about in our panel, paying attention to information governance. That was something a few months ago as I was writing the book hadn't happened before. So it was one of my crystal ball things was saying, look at the cyber insurance space. We're like six months after the book is written and the cyber insurance space has already started to turn and look at our space saying information governance is actually a key indicator for the health and security of the information. So all of these things, it's like a, a perfect storm of challenges and struggles and timing that hits at the time when it, this is the discipline we need and we all need it and we all need it now. Just not everybody's realized it yet. And what about the future? So what is, yeah. if you could break out your crystal ball and look five, seven, 10 years ahead, what, I mean, where, I are do, we, where are we then? I do, I do some of this in the book and man, I was off with my time frame. I, some of this is happening much faster than I could have even yeah. imagined um, the cyber insurers being the, the, the first one. Um, long term, I think there are a couple of trends that happen. First off, our disciplines start to slowly go away and we start to replace that with some sort of skills based understanding. Um, I, I think we need to sort of reorg the way that we've looked at information disciplines. You know, we've had data management and knowledge management and content strategy and information governance and all of these disciplines. But at this point, all those disciplines are mostly using a lot of the same tech. You know, Microsoft is there. iPro is playing across the spectrum um, from investigations to e-discovery to IG. We're seeing a similar tool set now used across the disciplines. So I think what we're going to see is those titles of those disciplines start to erase as we get closer together. That's definitely something 
I'm seeing, you know, you, you're, we're seeing it now. I mean, my, my friend Seth Maislin over at Mass Mutual, I, I was talking with him at Document Strategy Forum in Chicago. Um, and he has, you know, data, content, privacy, and uh, like his job title itself has morphed yeah. to include all of these things. So I think he's sort of a canary in the coal mine of what's coming next in, on that front. Um, I think he's just, you know, uh, we, we have him coming up on a, a, I think our next iPro morning show, we'll be talking with Seth, but mm. I think he's an interesting case study in what's coming next in terms of how we think about how we do things. Um, other things that I think will be really interesting and I'm pushing for through uh, lobbying work. I also founded infogov.net um, where we're, we're building up the future of lobbying on behalf of our collaborative disciplines. Mm. Um, what we're lobbying for is something akin to uh, a consumer law, which would uh, uh, allow consumers to understand the safekeeping capabilities of the organizations that are going to be taking their data, their personal information, um, prior to you, you know you handing over your personal information to a company, law firm, organization, government entity even. Um, but think about like, you know, Mike, you're in the New York area, New York City area, like you go into a restaurant in New York City, before you go in, there's a poster on the the window that lets you know their sanitary grade, you know, right. a and it's like a, a letter grading system. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we can do that for food safety, why can't we do that for information safety? So that on forms, you get a grade of the information capabilities of the company before you decide to give them your PII, you know, especially as we're moving into like facial recognition and biometric data, you know, people can change their social security numbers. It's much dip more difficult to change your, your fingerprint or your face. All right. Um, so I, we're, we're entering a really weird space in the privacy realm uh, in the future. So I think we're going to need new ideas to deal with that. So future state, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening. I outline a couple more things in the book. Um, I mean, my crystal ball is only as uh, shiny as my understanding of the world today. So we each have our own murky crystal balls. Um, I, I've, I've been willing to put mine uh, as pen, ink, ink to paper because I, I think there are some things that will be coming down the line that have to come. So I couldn't, I couldn't wrap this up unless I also asked you about the future state of e-discovery, something else yeah. you also talk about in the book. So, I mean, obviously, from my perspective, I'm seeing some of the trends along this convergence as well. Yeah. When you talk about data privacy, cyber, IG, data governance, all these things, it's all kind of coming together. And, and to, 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 the, to the point of our, our, our friends at Clock. You know, yeah. I see a, I see their role, the legal operations role, yeah. as sort of the the pinnacle of all that. First of all, they the corporate legal department drives the entire industry. Yeah, for sure. Right? <clears throat> Second, those multidisciplinary roles, those legal operations roles, those are folks who are doing a little bit of all those things, right? Yeah. So my question to you is: Is e-discovery? sort of stay mainstream in the future or is it just become another one of those business processes that you have to deal with as uh, in the normal course i think it stays mainstream um 
but I think it changes pretty drastically in how we do it. And that I, I spent a lot of time in the book really, you know, dissecting the, the EDRM model and the ways that we approach information. Um, I, I think the, the good summary here is to look at the related disciplines to e-discovery. So think about e-discovery as an investigatory discipline, you know, Mm -hmm. At its core, e-discovery is going out and finding relevant information to a thing, a matter, a case, whatever. Um, well, if you look at all the other investigatory disciplines like audit, compliance, uh, data subject access requests or DSARs in the privacy realm, um, internal audit, uh, ATIP, uh, FOIA, sunshine laws all of those things they're all driver, investigatory driver yeah. incident yeah it, incident incident response and incident um uh, after action all of those i consider investigatory you're Absolutely. you essentially are given a thing that you know happened or something happened and you have to investigate it and find all of the things that are related to it well all of those other disciplines other than e-discovery do things very different differently than e-discovery does right now. So let's let's look at e-discovery. Well, the way that we have done things is we say something happened. Let's say our uh, an executive sent an email and there's there there might be something there. So what do we do? Well, we collect the executives all their email. Um, we know that they were in this uh, uh, library and SharePoint. So we pull all of that. We just collect the world. Mm -hmm. and pull as much information as we possibly can that could potentially be relevant. And then we slowly whittle it down through a review process. That's e-discovery today. And that was every other investigatory discipline before. But they've all sort of moved beyond that and flipped that funnel on its head. So what they're doing today, and this isn't across the board, but by and large, this is the shift that's happening. You know, they would collect the world and then go through the world and figure out what they had. The funnel then flips. Instead, we can do things with AI and machine learning that we could never do before. So we can just say, you know, that executive sent that email. Okay, that email is relevant. And then branch out from that. Yeah. and find what's relevant to that email by going from the email to all other things that are related to that email. And if you think about it, like, you know, a contract is a perfect example of the mess that we have right now in e-discovery. You know, you, you draw up the contract in Word, it ends up in a shared drive. You share it with a couple of people, it gets approval, it gets stored on your, your records uh, system or a, a SharePoint or open text or whatever you've got. And then it gets signed and it ends up in a record system. It's in email as it goes back and forth. Maybe you have a Teams meeting about it and you've got a recording. All of those are records. and a record of the eventual transaction, which is the contract. And if you recorded that meeting and all those things, how do you even follow that today in a collect the world type environment? Right. Well, it makes more sense to have all your systems connected in and just go pursue what's related. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but there is sort of this bubbling relevance first, as I call it in the book. Um, 
potential movement. And we've started to enable that through technology on our side so people can start to pursue those techniques while still giving them the traditional approaches that they're comfortable with, but like try out new ways to do things. Um, so I think that is long-term going to be what e-discovery eventually shifts to, because I think the writing's on the wall, looking at these other investigatory disciplines and how they approach things. Mind yeah. you, we have courts and judges that have to agree with these approaches, but I think that at this point, you can certainly make a wonderful case for reasonableness. Um, and there are companies doing it today. So uh, it, it's happening. It's out there in the wild. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I like to say more recently, I've adopted this acronym. Um, and since we talked about acronyms earlier, yeah. um, I, I, I keep saying that the process needs CPR. And uh, of course, anybody who knows cardiopulmonary resuscitation is something that revives someone. Um, and um, e-discovery needs uh, some uh, reviving. So yeah. CPR, collect process review. That methodology, I think, applies across any of the um, sort of sub-disciplines that you talked yeah. about, whether it's a cyber incident, an IG, an, an internal investigation, an e-discovery process. All of these things need CPR today. Yeah. Um, I, I want to leave it there. I want to remind everybody about the book free on the iPro website. Um, Nick, thanks for letting me take over for a couple of minutes today. This Always fun. great to see you. Always great to talk with you. Um, and uh, I'll turn it back to you because I don't know how you close this show. Yeah, I, I close it with some consistency. And Mike, I I, I love uh, anytime we get to talk, we, we end up on many tangents that are completely unplanned, but always fun. And uh, I, I like listening to our conversations because I'm always learning something from you as, as we're learning from each other. Um, and ACIDS is a terrific organization. Um, it's been an awesome ACIDS takeover of the iPro Morning Show. And that's it. If you're looking for better governance, faster insights, and smarter discovery, you're looking for iPro. You can learn more about how we support companies and law firms and organizations and governments like yours all along the information governance to e-discovery continuum. I like to say continuum like that. I, I thought you'd get a kick out of that, Mike. It's got um, two U's, like vacuum. Exactly. They're so rare. Um, or get additional resources, guidance, read our blog posts. We're pretty prolific. And you can get a copy of my latest book, Advancing from E-Discovery to Pre-Discovery, all at ipro.com. So on behalf of all the great folks at iPro, I'm Nick Inglis, and I wish you the absolute best in all, all of your information endeavors. That's it for today. <laughs>